Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, October 17th, 2015, and you're tuned into a special late-night October Pit Spooktacular edition of The Missy Show. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me once again is my spooktacular co-host, Dee. How you doing, Dee? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay. <laughs> I so wanted some creepy sound effects, and I was researching that so hard last week, and I was even trying to find some spooky music. But it's really hard to, like, find, like, the the free content where you're not, like, infringing upon copyrights and all that type of crap. And it's like I can't find the site where I got our intro music from anymore. Oh, okay. You know so what? It, it, I was it's searching. Sometimes just the stillness of 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 you know, can be very creepy too. So yes, in the background can. in the background I have a chicken clock <laughs> that's kinda of eerie and, and kind of spooky. So we're there. We're there. Yeah, and I think I may I may be the only one up in the house. I'm not sure if my husband has gone to bed tonight. I probably will hope that he hasn't by the time this episode is done. But um you're gonna snuggle really close tonight, I got a few yeah, I think so, or, or I'll at least have my, my teddy bears or something. We're, but hopefully we won't get too afraid, but we're going to go with it. Um, but on a less creepy note, um, a couple of hours ago, I just got through holding my eight-year-old niece's birthday party, so that was pretty neat. That was cool. Yeah, you were all into that. You were all into that for a while, so you're a great auntie. Yeah, and we got to have her a... Um, a Halloween themed birthday party. So she had a pumpkin cake, really pretty cake. I may have to post that on our um, Facebook page and let everybody see it. It was a really cute cake. That's cool. Was it a good cake? Yeah, it was a really good cake, especially that icing. Really, really good icing. You know what I love? I hate, well, what I hate is I hate to see these cakes and they're so pretty and they're so great and they're so, you know. But then when you eat them, you're like, oh. But I love, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm such a sweetie, of course you know this. That is one of the things where I take my feet seriously. So when you get something like that, you're like, okay, I hope it tastes good. And it doesn't, you're just like, well, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening? So I'm glad it was a good cake. And it, it was, was a good, good cake. It, it was it was really good. Even though my, my favorite cakes are the super moist ones, it could have been a little more moist for me. But, you know, I just like really moist cakes. But the icing was so good, it, it's like you almost didn't even worry about the taste of the cake. But the cake was good. Yeah, sometimes the icing can save the cake where you're like, okay, I'm going to let you slide because the stuff that's on you is really good. But but if you were alone, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do I like, can you tell I like my cake? Can you tell I like my cake? 
I can tell you like your cake. You and my husband are just alike. I, I call you guys honeybees because you're just off into your sugar. I love my sugar. Now, I'm really excited about tonight's episode. I'm creeped out too, but I'm excited about tonight's episode. It is our second installment of the creepy animal stories. We had a creepy animal story last year, so this is creepy animal stories too. But before we go into that, I want to give out the answer to yesterday's pet trivia question. The question is, what is the name of the shortest donkey? And this is in terms of height, not length. And how tall is he or she? So that's something to think about. Um, so, you wanna, uh, take, do you happen to know its name, Dee, the well, shortest I'm, donkey? Well, probably not. But what I want to ask is when you say the name, do you mean like the, the species name or like the this your name shall be Bob or something? Actually, yep, actually it's it's name, just it's, it's name like Bob or Mary or whatever, just like. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to take a wild stab. Um, I don't know why I want to say Paco for some reason. <laughs> I'm, you you know what I'm a little looped right now, so you have to excuse me. But I don't know I don't know why I want to say that, or maybe I want to say Billy, or I don't know what is it a is it a is it like a common name? When you said Billy, you actually got part of its father's name correct, and oh. I'm going to go into that. Okay. Um, the donkey in question, who we're talking about. Its name is Nehi. <laughs> and Nehi is a male donkey measuring 25.29 inches. So he's just slightly over two feet tall. And I love that name because that's perfect. Because he's yeah. Nehi, of course. <laughs> and I'll submit a picture of him, and he really comes about to his owner's knee. Or, or to his pet parent, I'll say his pet parent's oh, niece. So hard. Oh, he's probably so cute. He's probably like a puppy or something. <laughs> he, he's really adorable, but but his parents' names are cute too. His mother is named Itsy Bitsy Annie, and oh she God. comes in at twenty seven point five inches, so she's a little bit taller than Nehi. And his dad is named G P Billy Bob. And he's he's the tallest in the family. He's 29 inches. They're all little donkeys, but he's the tallest. Well, there you go. You know what? That's probably the cutest family of donkeys you'd ever want to see. And you know what? I wish they had a picture of him with his parents. I don't know if his parents are still alive. I'm not even sure if Nehi is still alive. I hope he is because this record was set in July of 2011. So hopefully Nehi is still with his family and still alive. Um, so congrats to all you intelligent pet lovers out there who got the answer correct. Tune in. We've never gotten that one. But okay. <laughs> tune in to Friday's blog entry to get next week's trivia question and tune in to Saturday's episode for the answer. Um, if you'd like to call in and tell us your creepy animal story, you can call us at 347-838-8313, or you can listen later, if you dare, in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a 
Links from information used in today's, well, tonight's episode can be found after the show on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash Missy Show or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Missy.show44. Now, are you ready to be scared? <laughs> Our sound effects suck. But, um, like, I mean, they're like, woo, talking about we have no budget for this show. Absolutely none. No. Not yet. Not yet. And I think I heard, I heard my husband still moving around, so I'm so happy. Now, let's just hope he's still up by the time the show is over. But, okay, we're going to dive in now. Here we go. Here we go. D, you said that you you kind of told me something strange. You were asking me, Dad, I heard of something, and I never heard of this, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So I was, you know, this has been a crazy, crazy day, a couple of days for me. But anyway, I was doing a little research for the show, and I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? So I started doing this, and I came across something. Um, I'm not really sure if this is true or not. I think it might be. I'm not sure, but I came across it on a website called creepypasta.com. It might be true, it might not be true, but these are creepy stories that people tell. And one of the particular stories that someone told was entitled Scab Dogs. And when I saw the title, I was like, Scab Dogs? Are you sure what is that? And so I read it and I was like, holy cow. And it's one of these stories where you, you know, if you have somebody there and you're like, hey, let me tell you the story about this and beware of this. And it's one of those things where when you're left alone, if you're in this particular area, you're like, you know, someone told me a story once about fill in the blank. So I thought this would be a great story to kind of put on the show. And I wanted to ask if you ever heard of anything called a scab dog. No, when when you sent me that text, I was like, no, I have no idea what the heck that is. No, I've never heard of that. Well, Jay, I'm about to tell you the story of the scab dogs. So everybody, grab somebody. Jay, I don't know about you, but you better get your husband in there with you. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 you take it for what it is. Okay, so here's the story. Um, it came off the website, cpipasta.com, and it goes like this. So be aware of your surroundings if you're in the woodsy parts of Indiana or Illinois taking a country road or stopping anywhere off of Highway 50 and 231 between Louisville and St. Louis. There are many small towns nestled in the broad tracts of dense forests, and these, above all, should be avoided at night. The story starts in 1989 after 17 people had been gruesomely mauled to death by strange animals near the towns of Freedom and Spencer, Illinois. The deaths were blamed on feral dogs, the dogs that just roam around, based on witness descriptions, and the tracks left around the remains of their victims do indicate large canines. While the Forestry Commission had, at the time, issued a statement that the tracks were wolf or wolf-coyote hybrids, some wildlife specialists still argue that the tracks do not quite match any known wild canines. One witness, who wishes to remain anonymous, describes seeing a pack of animals that look like very large tall, hairless dogs in the woods behind their homes. They were said to have had hard, scabby patches on their backs and faces, and they moved with eerie synchronicity. Mm. Officially, however, the deaths were ruled wild animal attacks, and when two years went by without any further sign of the dogs, of the dogs, 
small town life seemed to be returning to normal, allowing the people to heal and recover. Until 1992, when sheep farmer Jude Porter, who savagely who was savagely killed in his barn, when investigators arrived to assess the scene, they found evidence that he had shot one of the animals before they ended his life, and that the gunshot blast had severed at least two toes, which were left behind. Blood, bone, and tissue samples were collected for a study. Strangely, several sheep were missing from their pens and never found, but there was no sign that the livestock had been dispatched there or that there had been any kind of struggle. The sheep were just gone. In fact, after this incident, it came to light that there had been a higher rate of local livestock disappearance over the past three years, starting almost immediately after the last attack on the human. Thieves had been blamed as the rust, as rustling was and is still a problem in the country. But investigators began to wonder if there wasn't a pattern. Despite attempts to find or catch one of the elusive scab dogs, as locals were calling them now, not a single lead or trap panned out. The creatures remained almost mythical, and gradually more and more law officials were dismissing the possibility that they even existed. Instead of trying to put together stories of human murderers, accidents, or wild animals to explain the death. In 1994, Dr. Omar Tahani, which I'm not sure if I said that right, of the Department of Animal Sciences at the University of Illinois, reported that the samples taken from the Porter Barn were indeed canine, domestic dogs, but that the tissue in the blood was heavily infected with an outside agent a fungal parasite that was likely responsible for the animal's hair loss and skin irritation. It took several months for the department to be granted test to be granted test animals to observe the action of this fungus. They gave them three greyhounds, which okay, I'm not even happy about, but anyway, they gave them three greyhounds, but what they discovered was so frightening and revolutionary that it should have totally inflamed the scientific community. But instead the the experiment was shut down immediately the information was destroyed, and Dr. Kahani was dismissed under threat of being charged with animal cruelty. In 1998, one of the technicians working under Dr. Kahani finally spoke out about the incident, also retaining anonymity for their own safety, and this is what they had to say, so I'll just say it like they were speaking to them. The dogs lost all their hair, and they began to cooperate in a way I have never seen dogs do, even trained circus animals the ones taught to do tricks. This wasn't like that. They were trying to escape from their kennels. If someone had checked the security camera, they would have gotten out. If someone hadn't checked the security camera, they would have gotten out. They would have gotten completely out. They were really close to getting out. They put a lock on the door, and they even saw them trying to unlock the door. They were not acting like dogs. They were thinking how people would think, how humans would think. So they decided to give them puzzles to do, puzzles that were like for six-year-old kids, and they did them. They just completely did them. The the technicians believed that the test dogs were using logical problem-solving abilities far above those of normal dogs and that they had somehow communicated the details to each other. But without hard evidence to corroborate the story, that's all it was, just a story. So Dr. Kahani's original findings were made and later analysis of the DNA shows that the fungus found in the scab dog blood is related to a known family of parasitic fungi known as corpticeps, which I could be saying that wrong. Corpticeps fungi are notorious for invading the bodies of insects 
and affecting their behavior. In the cases of insects, their life cycle ends when the fruiting, fruiting bodies of the fungus explode from their corpses, sending spores out on the air to infect the new host. So the question was, is it possible that this fungal infection actually affects the brain activity affected the brain activity of the dogs? Could it have been making them more, or could it be making them more intelligent, more cooperative? Nobody knows. However, the scab dogs have never been captured, killed, or counted. It is not known how many exist, and there are still scattered sightings and rumors. So, and every so often, a body is found, eaten down to the bone. Unfortunate hitchhikers, campers, or other foolish people who leave the safety of the freeway at night. So please, please, please stay on the freeway. There's nothing to see in the woods. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the story of the scab dogs. <laughs> That's creepy. That is very, very creepy. It's in the area of Highway 50 and 231 between Louisville and St. Louis. Parts of Indiana or Illinois, country roads. So, anybody got an upcoming trip? Please don't go into the woods just to stay on the road. Stay on the highways. <laughs> don't go off onto the country road. There's nothing to see in the woods, people. Nothing to see in the woods. And it just makes you wonder. Of course, we don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, if it no, is, it's just like. Why aren't they being caught or, like, how – but maybe they're just so intelligent. They just really I don't know, know how to hide out. It's, that, that's just crazy. It just raises a lot you know, of questions. You could see a story submitted by somebody, and that, that could be with this website. But then they do complete full research. I just remember reading the story and thinking, this would be great show. This would be a great show topic. But, you know, can you imagine seeing, like, a hairless dog covered with scabs, you know, coming at you? So <laughs> – they're yeah, and, and eating people down to the bone or livestock down to the bone. Down to the bone. So I thought that was a very, very creepy, creepy story to, to come across. That and, is uh, creepy. And then the added element about them doing an experiment on the greyhounds, of course, that's just disgusting. But, um, you know, if that were true, it's just like that's creepy that they were able to turn the greyhounds into these scab dogs. Exactly right. So that's just like... Uh, this is disgusting and this is creepy and this is something I don't ever want to have to deal with. And this is why I don't like to drive back roads, highways, or anything like that anyway. <laughs> exactly, especially at nighttime. Not doing that. No, no thank you. So beware of the scab dogs, people. <laughs> beware. <laughs> well, um, mine also involves a dog. This is um, one of mine. I may not have time to get to the second one. But this one's called the Choking Doberman. And I think this is just strictly an urban legend. I don't don't think this has ever been proven to be true. Or who knows, maybe it could have been based off of something that was, you know, original. I don't know. But I'm just going to read it as is. I got this off of um, urbanlegends.about.com. And um, it says, it, this is as it's told by Lisa Foley. So this is Lisa Foley talking. My cousin and his wife lived in Sydney with this huge Doberman in a little apartment off Marubra Road. One night they went out for dinner and a spot of clubbing. By the time they got home, it was late, and my cousin was more than a little drunk. They got in the door and were greeted by 
the dog choking to death in the lounge room. Oh, my goodness. I know. I was like, oh, no. But um, my cousin just fainted, but his wife rang the vet, who was an old family friend of hers, and got her to agree to meet her at the surgery. The wife drives over and drops off the dog, but decides that she better go home and get her hubby into bed. She gets home and finally slaps my cousin into consciousness, but he's still drunk. It takes her almost half an hour to get him up the stairs, and then the phone rings. She's tempted to just leave it, but she decides that it must be important or they wouldn't be ringing that late at night. As soon as she picks up the phone, she hears the vet's voice screaming out, Thank God I got you in time. Leave the house now. No time to explain. And then the vet hangs up. Because she's such an old family friend, the wife trusts her, and so she starts getting the hubby down the stairs and out of the house. By the time they've made it all the way out, the police are outside. They rush up the front stairs past the couple and into the house but my cousin's wife still doesn't have a clue what's going on. The vet shows up and says, have they got him? Have they got him? Have they got who, says the wife, starting to get really pissed off. Well, I find I found out what the dog was choking on. It was a human finger. <gasps> Just then, the police drag out a dirty, subly man who is bleeding profusely from one hand. Hey, Sarge, one of them yells. We found it in the bedroom. So, oh my God. So the dog got the intruder and was literally tearing him up. <laughs> yep. But the woman just thought he was choking. Mm-hmm. And he was choking on a finger. and But the intruder was still in their house. And if <gasps> she had not answered the phone, you know, he yeah. could yeah, but I'll probably take it off some other fingers. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, you know, that game kind of chills. It's one of those things where, it's, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but, you know, the call is coming from in the house. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yep. Oh, yeah, the call is coming from in the house. Where's the call? Where's the call? Coming from in the house. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps right now, just saying. <laughs> I know, and and they said it's it's based off of some other stories that have kind of been circulating around for a while. So it's it's a variation. They have like different versions of it, but it's just one of those things where you just don't know if it was ever based off of something that really did happen. Yeah, you know, it could have. That's crazy. That is crazy. Well, Jay, I have one short one, which we might be able to get in. Um, okay. This, this is just something that I found, like, on another site, and it's from um, um, yourghoststories.com. And this one was entitled 1781. Ooh. So um, it actually was, was contributed by, and these are, I think, supposedly supposed to be uh, true stories, so I'm not sure about this one. Um, it, it was contributed by someone by the name of, um, Breer, so I just took it for some reason that it was a he, so I'll be speaking, you know, his he um, pronoun. So anyway, it was entitled 1781, and his story begins in Door County, Wisconsin. Being Wisconsin, there is, of course, dairy farm, and it was at one of those dairy farms that he worked at. So one day he was making the rounds 
feeding the calves about five months ago, and he was giving one of the older pen calves their grain. He noticed that one of the calves was standing back from everyone else and not rushing to eat, and he still remembers her number, which is 1781. After he fed the pen their food, all of the calves that were in the pen, he stood and watched 1781 as it was his job to report sick calves to the boss. And also that this one suffered from the several occasions. So 1781 did not really move from the whole minute that he watched her. And all she did was stare at stare at him and shuffle her feet a bit. Getting bored, he got back in his truck, drove away to find the boss. And when he found him, he told him, um, and he he wrote down the calf's number, and he told his boss about what he had seen and that she looked sick or, sick or whatever. So the boss said, okay, I'll check on him later. So he thought nothing of it and left for the day. So when he went back to work the next morning, he looked everywhere for 1781, but he couldn't find her. So he went and asked his boss if he had put her down, um, if he had put her down, or he said that she wasn't there. So he questioned him further and asked, what did he mean? And he said that he checked his computer and that he didn't see that 1781 even existed anymore. So he asked him about it, and the boss was like, well, I checked my computer, but I didn't even see that 1781 was even in existence anymore. So he gave him this hour and looked at he and he was trying to figure out what he was talking about, and he said, she died. Apparently she died two weeks before. Oh, wow. So apparently the guy was looking at a ghost cast, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but the, the boss said that that cast died, like, you know, two weeks prior to that. Yeah, because I was wondering when you were saying the part about it didn't exist anymore, and I was yeah. like, huh? Yeah, because the boss, he said the boss just kind of walked off laughing, nervously shaking his head. And um, he didn't quite, he was just, he didn't want to talk about it. The boss was like, I don't even want to talk about it. And so you kind of think about it and you think, well, how would the guy even know about the number, you know, unless he's like the middle of the cast numbers, but he just kind of, he had to see the cast in order to get the number. Right. So I don't know, but that that was yeah, really that's kind of freaky. Yeah, that's I weird that you're just. I would have went to work at McDonald's or, or, or um, you know, Walmart <laughs> to get that. No, so that was apparently a cast that had passed away that hadn't moved on yet. Wow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think I would have had to have somebody come down there with me if I had to check them again. Well, freaked um, out because I would think. Every time I go up to a port, I'm like, can you please check if this, this cast is in the computer? <laughs> is it there? <laughs> so that so, would freak me out a bit. We've got like three some minutes. I'm going to try to see if I can get this one out because this one was really like creepy. But this is, I think this is more just like an urban legend one, but it's still creepy. But right. um, this one is called, it's got different names. One name is called People Can Lick Too. I know that sounds like something bad, but no, it, it's not what it sounds like. Okay, once there was a nice oh, and this was told by a UK reader named Christy H. Once there was a nice old lady who had a lovely little dog. One day, the old lady heard on the radio that a crazy murderer had it from jail, and that she should lock all her doors and windows. So she locked every door and window in the house except one tiny one to let some air in. She thought that a murderer would never get in through there. So that night she went to bed as usual. She knew everything was okay because when she put her hand, she put down her hand, the dog licked it. 
But later in the night, she heard a drip, drip, drip. She put her hand down, and the dog licked it, and everything was okay. So she went downstairs to check out the tap, but the tap wasn't dripping. So she went to bed again, and everything was okay. She woke up again later in the night, though, so uh, she thought the dripping sound must be coming from the shower. She went into the bathroom, and there was her dog, dead, hanging in the shower, dripping with blood, all of its intestines hanging out. Written on the mirror was, humans can lick too. And behind her in the mirror, she saw the murderer. That would have just, I literally would have had a heart attack. Just yeah. dead. Dog, me, everybody dead. Oh, no. That's so she's just got her hand hanging down, and she's just feeling this licking, and she's like, okay, it's my dog. So she's feeling secure. And it's the whole time, each time she's thinking it's her dog licking her hand, and it's not the dog. I would have had to put the thing in the bed with me and be like, fur, 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 Oh, that's freaky, Jay. That's freaky. Yeah, that one. That one was creepy. Um, what we're gonna do for next week? We're gonna kind of do a continuation of this, but what we're gonna be doing is it's gonna be tales of the strange and bizarre. But this one, anything goes. So, meaning that it doesn't necessarily just have to be animal related. So if you guys want to call in next week, we'll be back on at our normal time of 5 p.m. Central. If you have any creepy story, it's cool if it is animal-related, and we may even submit some more that are animal-related, but this one pretty much anything goes. So we're still talking about creepy stuff, still talking about the paranormal, anything dealing with scary stories, Halloween stories, whatever you want to tell, that's what we're doing next Saturday. So make sure that you guys tune in for that. And remember to check out Friday's blog entry so you can get the pet trivia question. And we hope you guys are able to sleep tonight. Um, I hope we can. <laughs> I'll be knocking at your door there, Jay. Don't shoot me. <laughs> I know. We we may have to stay on the phone for a little while after this. But we want to thank you guys once again for listening. And you have a great weekend. Bye. Good night. Sweet night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.